0: Hello, I'm Helen and this is a just bloody post-it note, a solo episode for you this week to interrupt our run of bloody brilliant guests in season six. Intro, if you're new, this is a show for anyone who's out there promoting their work online. Most often, I attract creatives and businesses of one or a few, but everyone is welcome my job is to teach marketing and sales confidence to anyone who wants to join my courses and on this show i we when there's a guest discuss the many different effective ways you can get your product more known about and find your tribe so that you can do the fulfilling work you love. So, why have you got just me this time? There's a couple of reasons, isn't there always? Time, holidays, or more specifically, the school holidays got in the way of me deciding which episode to share with you this week. There are a few conversations in the bag, which is jargon for already recorded, but who next? What complements the flow of chats we've already had this season? I wasn't quite sure, and I've been taking the podcast a little more slowly recently, and I'm certain it's resulted in a better, more considered show. The feedback's been exactly what I'd hope for. Thank you if you shared Just Bloody Post It or been in touch to say you're enjoying it. It really does mean a great deal when someone takes a, a minute out of their day to write to me. I've never written to a podcast host to say, thank you for doing a great job. Perhaps I definitely should. Anyway, it's just been a long weekend here in the UK, so I decided let's not rush something out. There are a few things I would like to chat to you about, so let's just do that instead. Also, from a data point of view, we're in a school holiday here, and I do tend to notice a drop-off in listens during those weeks. I don't have the exact numbers, but my feel for the people who listen to me is that they're a lot like me and the school holidays can take you away from work partially, completely and the normal routine of doing things like having time to listen to a podcast. And that gets you thinking, I want every guest who's good enough to come on the show to be heard by as many people as possible. So let's just hold on to the chats for another week or so when it'll get more attention. So it's just you and I with the content, marketing, personal branding, ambition, and creativity talk this week. That's a pretty vague description of what the show's all about, but if you know, you know... And there just is lots to talk about and more than one way to build and grow and get noticed. And because I'm like tired of looking at high profile people online telling me they can show me exactly what to do in order to get all the money and me feeling like I'm not exactly sure why you're qualified to tell me this. Having a vast number of podcast listeners does not mean a person can help you run your business increasingly I prefer to think of the people who join my courses and workshops as friends who are working alongside me or clients who are working alongside me with whom I can share what I have learnt, give advice to, share experiences with and often they share theirs back. Because we're more powerful together, and because working alone can be lonely, and a rising tide raises all the ships. So let's rise together. As the 13 year old would say, I'm waffling. While I was away last week with the kids, I went skiing with them. Shout out to the solo parents, I was on my own, and having to remember all the important things is a lot. Anyway, while I was away, I made some notes about the things I would like to talk to you about at the moment. And here they are. What is resonating now, niche and attracting your tribe, and recommendations versus maximum visibility. What ties these topics together, I think, is my maturing understanding of what marketing is or what I want marketing for my product and for your product to look like. As an ongoing conversation, a conversation with your community about the things you care about and are learning, things that affect you all so that you can create a product that enhances or improves their life, which they can buy at a time that is right for them and is known about enough that enough people know about it and enough people buy it. That's the kind of marketing I want to do and show you how to do too. That makes sense? Sure it does. Here goes. Right. Topic number one. What is resonating now? Here's something I've learned about podcasting, or my podcast at least, which is made for you. Not what drives higher listening numbers is not the guest, although some guests are more known than others and bring with them bigger audiences. Rather, it is the topic of conversation that we are covering that week. So it's quite important for me as the host and sole promoter of this thing to be able to come up with a great topic you'll care about and be able to write it into a headline when I'm out there trying to persuade people to listen. Are you interested in the topics that are resonating most now? I hope so because I'm about to share them. Across all the series of Just Bloody Post-it so far, you could probably predict that it is Anything to do with online audience growth and anyone who is talking about how to do that, that will get people listening in the biggest numbers. Sarah Rossi from the food blog Taming Twins telling us about her huge audience growth last year was one of the most listened to episodes ever. You could take away from that that I or someone should make a spectacularly successful podcast about how to grow your online audience. Would you listen to that? Maybe you would. It's not what I want to talk about all the time, though, because the pursuit of audience size is merely an element of your content marketing strategy. It means nothing without a sense of brand A great product, a decent connection with the right people, a purpose. Human beings are happier when they are purposeful. You could chase numbers and chase numbers and chase numbers and end up on the top of a huge mountain size audience wondering what you're doing there. What's so great about the episode with Sarah is that she's grown an audience off the back of all that hard work and a genuine drive to help people to enjoy their food and family life more. The hard work's in creating a great product and a great rapport with your audience over many years. And then learning how you can really help them. She's been at it for 10 years or so. I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes if you haven't already listened to it. So yes, growth. Throughout all six series, growth has been something you are all very interested in. But in this series, it's almost been the opposite of that in social media terms. You have loved, basing this on the number of messages I've received, to the number of times the episodes have been shared and listened to. You have loved Tiffany Hand's episode about taking a year off social media, discovering... How much that notion resonated with you was a surprise to me. Like how many people were drawn to this idea of taking a long break, a long break from social media. And I followed it with Josephine Brooks' conversation about automated sales funnels that, again, reduce your dependence on social media marketing. Also successful. What does that tell us about where we are now? Burned by Instagram? Possibly. Before I was writing this episode, I was scrolling through my Instagram and saw posts from people who I've been following for a long time. They've maybe got several thousand followers and they're getting maybe 24 likes on a post, particularly static posts. I mean, Wow, I have been constantly over the last few years readjusting downwards my expectations <laughs> for how well a post will perform in terms of how many people in my audience will see it and how engaged with it will be. There are highs as well as lows still, but diminishing returns. I sense though it has more to do with an overall weariness around having to create just so much content for a platform where it is hard to measure the success of that and where you do feel these diminishing returns, more effort for less results. So is there an eagerness for someone to come up with another way, please? For my part, the other way has certainly become emails, podcasting, And Instagram, yes, but with uh, an emphasis on collaboration there and also making it as fucking easy as I possibly can to post to Instagram. Increasingly, I think the other ways that you should be considering to drive sales, grow your audience, are SEO, getting your website discovered, PR. So that's exposure in magazines, on podcasts, speaking events, even on other people's Instagram lives. And if you struggle with content marketing, I think you should find someone who you can pay to help you with it. I know that can be easier said than done, but if you're not good at something, or you, worse still, you hate and resent doing it, get it off your plate. I was reading that the actor and writer Michaela Cole is to be the co-chair of Fashion's Met Gala this year. It's a hugely glamorous event in New York. Michaela doesn't do any social media at all she is not on it she is off it and she gets huge high profile opportunities based on her talent alone there is no one way to get the profile that you want maybe if you have a huge budget you can try everything but if you're working with limited time and resources don't spend it somewhere where you're getting bled increasingly dry do the things that you love the writer, Natalie Liu, who's a friend of the Just Bloody Post-it podcast, she's been on it several times, hello Nat, sent me a blog post the other day by the economics journalist Tim Harford about the enchitification of social media platforms. Enchitification. what a fantastic word. Whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, a pattern emerges as such first They are fantastically good to their users, their early adopters. Then they abuse and neglect those users to make things better for their business customers. Then eventually they abuse their business customers to claw back the value, the money, the investment for themselves. Something is free and great. Something is free and a bit shit. Something costs money and still isn't that great. That's how it flows. Are we all mugs for using social media platforms or do we just accept this is how they will develop? The profit will need to be made eventually and accept the good times when they roll and that they will not last forever, ever. And do we have to be wary of the inshitification of our own businesses too? Have we been persuaded to follow the same model? Give for free, give for free, seem awesome. Then it's not all for free anymore, and we're overselling and being undervaluable. Interesting, right? So, the mood in this little corner of the internet is can I please get off social media, please? Is it that we feel trapped by it? It moves me on to the next thing I want to talk to you about, which is niche. What is niche anyway? When you first, or certainly when I first started to learn about how to achieve success, visibility via content marketing, one of the first things you will be told in every blog post or podcast or YouTube video is to niche down. Offer something very specific for a specific group of people. Platforms reward you for doing that, perhaps none more so now than TikTok Google it, how to grow your account fast using these top niches. That's what the blog posts will all be about. It's the very definition of niching down to blow up on TikTok. So where does that leave us? With an algorithm dictating what our business offers. That sounds like a load of shit idea to me. In my work, what I have offered has shifted over the past few years to mostly now include email marketing training with some sales mindset, copywriting and course building stuff thrown in. Mostly, it's just what I would like to teach (laughs) at any given time. What I feel confident teaching and where I think that meets what my customers want. What I've just said to you is, not really even written down anywhere in terms of a description of my business. It's sort of in my Instagram bio. And I don't specify a group of people that I am targeting beyond saying creatives, which honestly is a bit of a cop out. And perhaps I would be more successful if I was saying that I do email marketing training just for artists, only ones that do watercolours. But I just don't really want to. I want to keep it a little fluid and flexible and to allow other people to decide whether or not I'm right for them. And I think mostly you can do that too. A niche is a community, a group of people brought together by a common interest, value or goal. And I think that can just be a vibe, a mood, Something that's really difficult to pin down in just a few words. I tell you what though, something goes right with my marketing because the right people buy my products. Very, very rarely now on one of my courses or workshops will someone be there and I'm like, oh, okay, how did you find me? Wow, I'm not sure if this is gonna work. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone is the same age or is in the same industry. Gender tends to be a common factor. And some businesses are very well represented. Hello, artists and makers and coaches and therapists and dieticians. But so many other people aside, it just works. But it's way more of a general feeling than a specific label I'm putting out there around the kind of people I work with. And if you like this idea of being less labelly about your niche, here is my advice. Ways to attract your tribe without being a labely niche. I'm getting better at this because it comes from a place of wanting to work with the right people so they have a good experience. Okay, number one, present a visual brand that feels authentic to you that has got nothing to do with what you think other people will like. I mean your photographs, your colours, the clothes that you wear, the places you're photographed or videoed in should feel as real and close to your natural habitat as possible. It's springtime and I remember back when I was learning Instagram feeling like I needed to go out and photograph blossom trees because that's what people were posting about, even though pink blossom is pretty much as far away from my personal aesthetic as you can get. Now, you will see me only in my office, in my jeans, and a top with a cup of tea, because that's what 99% of my working life really looks like. My brand colours are firmly in the firm red area, as are the fonts. I like strong things. Finding out What this comfortable place is for you takes a little time. But the thing about the niche of you, if we can call it that, is that people will look at it and instantly have a feel for whether there is a fit there, whether you are their kind of person. So show what is comfortably you to attract people you will be comfortable with. Then, second tip, you write and speak about your products in a way that's honest and straightforward. About what is going to be right for someone and what is not going to be right for them. What is included and what is not included. What they can expect and what they cannot expect. Don't talk your product down. That is not what I mean. But explain. Yes, you will get this. No, if this is what you want, this is not right for you. How might that work? You know, for one of my courses, it would be, yes, there will be an opportunity to share your work in a Facebook group. But no, it's not possible for me to give one-to-one feedback to everybody in the group. This is how to get more happy customers. And happy customers do the next and final thing that I want to talk to you about today because it's also been on my mind. Recommendations. You know, when you've read something like hundreds of times and are totally familiar with the concept, but don't really get it until you get it. This year, I feel like I've been getting it about recommendations, the power of people talking to their friends about you. It's something that Seth Godin and other sophisticated, been around the block marketers write and speak about all the time. And it surely is not a fast way to grow. It is a slow way to grow. But you know, when someone tells their friend or colleague about you, talks to their community about you, it attracts your absolute best kind of new potential customer. The one that is already well on the way to trusting you because someone they trust likes you and your brand and your product and they're saying it's good. And they're the best possible fit. The best possible answer to that question of how do I find my people and how do they find me? get people to tell their friends because like-minded people are talking about you, your thing will be increasingly known amongst your perfect people. It's why someone like Seth Godin doesn't bother with social media much because they have word of mouth power that simply outperforms carpet bombing social media platforms with content in the hope of picking up as many lukewarm leads as you can and hoping some of them will stick. Most of us aren't in the position of having years of industry clout behind us, plus several books in the shops. But as part of a strategy, focusing on recommendations, I think is a really good move. The time for me, perhaps, when this was made most clear is when I experimented with Facebook ads to try and increase my email subscribers list. The campaign I ran was a success by any measure. I shared some tips in a video that people had to sign up for in order to get, and the cost per conversion, so the amount I had to spend on ads in order to get people onto my list, was low. It was fantastic. But... The rate of unsubscribes was massive. You're just attracting people who want the free thing and they're 10 times more likely to drop off your list again once they've got it. You'd need, in order to make this work, you'd need a sophisticated sales funnel to... Go along with that campaign that allows these strangers, and they are strangers if they find you via a Facebook ad, to get to know you fast. I'm not trying to be super down on Facebook ads at all. Product businesses, go for it. And service businesses, perhaps I'd run a campaign that was simply around attracting Instagram followers if I was ever to do one again. But I'm not itching to, to be honest with you. The problem is that strangers won't be our new customers most often getting new people via recommendation will increase the depth of connection with your audience immediately. The number of right people in your audience grows with every single recommendation. So ask for them. During my podcast, I say, tell your friends, share this show, please. And I'll do it again now. Tell your friends, does someone need to hear all this? But if you're doing what you do right... You most often won't even need to ask. People will start recommending you anyway. And thank everyone who recommends you. Like, really thank them because they're doing you a huge favour. One of the Instagram posts I've been meaning to do, one of the hundred Instagram posts I've been meaning to do recently is to say thank you for anyone who's ever tagged a friend in my post or shared one or told somebody about me over coffee or sent them an email about one of my courses. It's such good practice. And still ask, ask, suggest people share your things with their friends. So in conclusion, where are we now? If you're feeling frazzled by social media, you are not alone. It's a mood and it may be to do with the inshittification of the platforms and it may be to do with not really wanting to do niche in the way they want you to and be a bit more flowy. That it's possible to attract the right people without sticking a big fat label on them or yourself, rather by just being visibly yourself, as visibly yourself as you can be and open about what you do and don't sell and can and can't help with. And that will bring you happier customers who are likely to recommend you to their friends, which will grow your audience and bring you the finest new customers you've ever had the end that is what i think about marketing in april 2023 and it'll be different in a month or two and more nuanced and better i hope let me know whether any of this resonated with you dm me over on instagram and we can have a chat i'm going to share the inshittification post in my email the switch on friday clicking the link in the show notes to get it it is a really very good email and helpful to anyone who's promoting their work online Thank you to Natalie Lou and Joe McCarthy. My conversations with you have influenced this post-it note. I love you for listening. I've decided on the next guest for next week. You will love them. I think it is the most I've ever smiled during a podcast recording. Goodbye for now.